um, we've been using this like the illustration of an emoji throughout this series um, to talk about all the different emotions of our life. How many of you, uh, those that are maybe married in the house, how many of you, you met, dated, got married without sending one single text message? Anybody without sending you? Yeah, there we go. Grew up before the days of text messaging. I've been married uh, thir- 13 years, and uh, we grew, we, when we, like, text messaging was, like, just becoming a thing, but it was where you had to dial all the numbers, like, 444-555-555, and uh, texting has come a long way. Now, do we even talk to anybody? Do we even call? We just, we just text, and now we use emojis. How many would be honest to say you use emojis often? You are, you, you, you are, emo- you are emotional, emoji, or you're like, you, you use the emojis to talk, and I don't know what your favorite emoji is. Uh, this is the emoji that kicked it all off. The smiley face emoji is the one who Maybe I think I have it with me. Yeah, the smiley face emoji is the, is the, is the first emoji of them all. And then you have, uh, there we go, the heart-eyed emoji for the lovebirds in the house. And the crying laughter emoji. I send this one often. I'm not really crying, but, but I'm laughing whenever I send this. And the, uh, I think we have the thumbs up. Yeah, you got to love the thumbs up. And then the next emoji is the universal man-to-man f- emoji. Like if you... If you can send this to another dude, like that's all right. Like, don't send the hard eyes to me, guys. But you can send the send the fist bump, and then uh, the the greatest emoji of all, right there, the chocolate ice cream emoji. <laughs> I don't know if I can preach with that behind me, but <laughs> but we, we 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 use we're emotional people, right? Like we we deal with emotions, and we're having fun with this series, but. Uh, we, we're going to get to the heart of, of this, that we all, how do we not let our feelings control us? How, how do we not ride the roller coaster of our emotions all the time? Because it's so easy to go up and down with whatever our emotions are, are, are telling us or, or, or whatever we're feeling. And regardless of kind of how you work out your emotions, we all deal with them. Maybe you're the kind of person we can see your emotions on your face. Like, we know exactly what you think at all times or, 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 or how you're feeling at all times. Or maybe you're calm like a cucumber and you can stuff all your emotions deep down on the inside and explode and then stuff them all down right on the inside. But, but either way, we're all going to deal with our feelings and our emotions. And, and, and I don't want to oversimplify a very complex reality and situation in our lives. But if I could just give some hope today that it's not God's will for you to live an anxious, depressed life. It's not God's will for you to be overcome by every circumstance that comes your way. But I want to encourage you to let you know it's God's will. Jesus Christ went to the cross, bled and died, was buried. And on the third day, he rose again so that you could live a victorious life. He died, was rose again so that you could live a life of victory, not being the victim. We say it a lot around here. If you play the victim, you stay the victim. God created you to be a victor. To, to rise above the circumstances. I know it's a difficult season right now. And I know there are anxieties that is attacking you right now. But I want to encourage you to let you know God wants you to rise above all of the feels and stand on His Word. The, the big idea of this series, it's not in your notes, but it's on the screen. Simply this, that in the seasons and circumstances that we don't understand and didn't ask for, we can choose our response. I want to say it again. In the seasons and circumstances that we don't understand and didn't ask for, 
How many has ever been in one of those seasons? You didn't ask for this season. You didn't ask for this circumstance. It wasn't part of your five-year plan. But in the middle of all that, I want to encourage you, you can choose your response. You don't have to be overcome with what's trying to overcome you, but you can be an overcomer in the name of Jesus. And today I want to give you a simple uh, word, a simple scripture, a simple concept that really has the power to change everything about our feelings, our worry, our anxiety. And it's simply this, that the Lord is my shepherd. That the revelation... The reality that Jesus Christ wants to be the shepherd of my life is the thing that gives me the strength, gives me the clarity, gives me the revelation to rise above whatever unwanted and unexpected circumstance or season that I find myself in the middle of. Somebody just sent me a heart-faced emoji up here on my, on my iPad, so thank you a lot for that. I feel loved. <laughs> Should probably have my phone on iP- on airplane mode, right? If I'm preaching. One time, one time I was preaching and my dad called me, and uh, I didn't know it was my dad, but I had my phone in my pocket, and I just, I just, uh, just you know, just squeeze squeeze the phone because I didn't want it to ring out like it at church. And and at, when it was all done, he said, uh, "That was a good sermon, son." <laughs> so I listened to the whole thing in your pocket. <laughs> John chapter 10, verse 14. Jesus says this. Let's look at it together. Jesus says, why don't we read this together? So good. We'll read verse 14 together. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Jesus says to us, the relationship that he wants to have with you and I is the relationship of a shepherd and his sheep. That this was a very common illustration in Jesus' day. This wasn't something that was strange. It, and it really wasn't a compliment. I, maybe you think sheep are cute and, and, and precious. I actually brought a picture of a, of a precious little sheep up here. But it actually wasn't the biggest compliment in the world because sheep were pretty dumb creatures. Uh, and, and people understood that in Jesus' day. They were, they, they were defenseless and they were directionless. They, they had, they're like nature's victims. They, there's no, like, attack sheep in the world. Like, they're, they're, they're not fighting anybody. Uh, they are just nice, cute, and cuddly for the enemy to come and, you know, gobble them up. You know, they are defenseless, and they're without direction. Uh, scholars say that sheep literally will die within meters of water because they just don't see it. They don't have a sense of direction. They don't have any sense of direction. And that sheep, their hair, without being groomed, their hair will actually grow so thick that they will become immobile, and many of them will die because they can't move because they're not taken care of. And also, they uh, scholars say that sheep, one of the things sheep deal with is they would have flies and insects that will go into their ear and will actually infect their inner ear and, and try to get up into their brain. And whenever that infection would come, sheep will literally kill themselves banging their head against rocks because of what is inside of their head because of their because of what's happening on the inside of their head and 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 all of that that I just described to you is is really the exact life of an anxious depressed christian that that we let things from the outside get in our mind that infect our thinking 
And we end up causing self-harm to our own destiny because we're not thinking correctly. We don't have direction. We're trying to fight the enemy. We're trying to fight our own battles, but we don't have the weapons to be able to, uh, to, to, to have, be victorious in our own ability. We're trying to chart our own course and make a five-year plan and plan out everything in our lives, and it just doesn't work out. Why? Because we don't really know what the right direction is. seems like when we try to take control of our life, we lose control of our life. And in the middle of all this, Jesus is simply saying, I want to be your shepherd. You see, the only hope that a sheep will ever have in its life is that it'll find a good shepherd. I've heard this my whole life. I'm the good shepherd. But this week, this has just taken on new meaning to me. Because the only hope that a sheep will ever find is not that it'll just find a shepherd. See, there's a lot of shepherds out there that'll, that, that, that'll, that don't care about the sheep and that'll just lead them wherever direction they want to go. But Jesus was trying to let them know, I am the good shepherd. I will simultaneously provide your needs. I will chart your course. I will help groom you and make sure you're able to be mobile and do what, what, what I've called you to do. I will pour oil. That's what shepherds would do. They would pour oil over the head of the sheep so that the flies could not infect their mind. God says, I want to be the one that puts a guard over your mind so that the enemy's voice can't get in your mind and cause you to go in the wrong direction. He's simply saying, I want to be your shepherd. And if he's the shepherd, then what does that make us? Here's your first note if you're taking notes with us today. Very complex message. Here it is. I'm a sheep. <laughs> If you don't get anything else out of today, simple concept, I'm a sheep. I think so many times it's easy for me to overcomplicate the Christian life. I think it's so easy to try to overcomplicate what it means to follow God, what it means to be successful, what it means to live the life that we dream to live and the, the life of purpose. I think it's so easy, so easy to overcomplicate it instead of understanding here's the relationship. He's the shepherd, we're the sheep. Watch what Jesus goes on to say in verse 27. He says, my sheep, listen to my voice. Watch this. He's talking about the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. Our job. Listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Watch what God's job and responsibility is. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hands. And he goes on to say, My Father who's given them to me is greater than them all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand either, and I and my Father are one. What is... Jesus trying to say to us he's trying to say here's the relationship I am going to provide all your needs no one's going to ever be able to take you away from me you're going to be secure you're going to be safe you're going to end up in the right place I'm going to take you to an eternal heavenly home and here's your job just listen to my voice and follow me here's the question when's the last time you heard the voice of your shepherd because your anxiety and my anxiety, my fear, our depression, whatever these feelings that we're facing, I think in my life, the anxiety comes from the times when I'm not listening to the voice of the shepherd. So today, the message is simple. This week, let's listen to the voice of our shepherd. 
And as we hear his voice in our lives, the depression, the worry, the fear has to go because we're following a good shepherd who's leading us to a good place that we don't have to worry and fear when we go through seasons that we don't understand because we can choose our response. And here's our response. Our response is we choose to trust the shepherd. In the middle of the anxiety, we choose to trust the shepherd. In the middle of seasons of reversal, we choose to trust the shepherd. Two weeks ago, or t- tomorrow will be two weeks, we, uh, my wife and I welcomed our third son into our home, little Baylor, little Baylor Shanks. I call him Baylor Bear. Hopefully he'll go to college someday. He can go to, it's like a un- university type name. Baylor Lane is his, is his name, Baylor Lane Shanks. He, uh, he's awesome. My, my job, I guess I'm like his shepherd. I'm trying to protect the older wolves. I have two older wolves in the house, a six-year-old wolf and a soon-to-be four-year-old wolf. I just want to keep them uh, from, from harming the little sheep, right? And uh, all those that have multiple kids, you know the struggle's real. And uh, But... The thing that struck me over the last couple of weeks is just the sheer dependency that that little baby has on um, has on us, has on his mama. That that his world is sustained by, protected by, guided by, led by us. That all of this work and all of this, all the money that's been spent, all the time we. We had a very stressful pregnancy, and uh, we were in the hospital multiple times, and lots of worry, and 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 lot, lot, like before he even knew that he was in the world, before he was even born, there was so much of from us and in our family and our church family that that were working to to care for this little life. That all he does is just eat and sleep and sleep and eat and poop. That's all he does. And as I've been holding them these last couple weeks, I just think that's a picture of us in the hands of God. That no matter how smart we become, no matter how old we are, that I think this anxiety is something. It doesn't matter if you're 70 or 17 or I don't don't think it matters your age. I think all of us need a shepherd. I think all of us need to be reminded sometimes at the end of the day we're being held by the hands of our Father and He's saying it's going to be all right and you don't have to worry, you don't have to provide for yourself, you don't have to make it all happen, you don't have to have all the answers, you just have to trust that the shepherd is going to take care of you. David said it this way. He said in Psalm chapter 23, it's in your notes, he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The version I grew up hearing in church was, I shall not want. Or there's, I, don't, I don't need anything. It says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for His namesake. It says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'm not going to fear evil because I got the shepherd with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I believe in this psalm there's a framework for how we deal with the feelings, how we deal with the worries, how we trust the shepherd. Here's the first one if you're taking notes with us this morning. It's simply this, in the face of confusion search for clarity 
in the face of confusion, search for clarity. I think it's interesting that David in this psalm points out the three things that we get most confused about, the most anxious about, our provision, our rest, and our path, where we're going to go. Watch what he says. He starts out by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I want to encourage somebody this morning that's depressed about your provision and about finances and work and job. When, you tr- when, when you're following the shepherd, you can have confidence today that God's going to take care of everything that you need. You don't have to worry one more moment when you trust that, the shepherd because you can say like David said in the scripture, he says, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken and I've never seen his seed begging for bread. Is there anybody in the house today that you say God's provided for me all of my life? That there were seasons where I didn't understand where the money was going to come from. There were seasons I didn't know where it was going to be, but I'm here today because God's provided for me. God brought the right person that offered me that job just when I needed. He, he brought the money. He dropped off the groceries. He, he, has anybody ever been provided for by God? I just want you to know the same God that provided for you then. If you keep following Him, He's going to be the God that provides for you today and tomorrow and the day after that. Don't, don't, don't walk out of this place. I pray everybody walks out of this place like shoulders held high. Like You just want to look up at the sky and be like, Thank you, shepherd. Because you don't have to worry as long as you're following after the shepherd. That's, that's, that's what I feel like whenever I give, uh, whenever I give financially to God. I'll just be transparent. Whenever I give to God, it, it's, it's not me saying, God, I want to... You know, some people preach, and we don't teach this here. Some people preach you give to get, like you're you know, trying to twist God's arm to like God's some kind of cosmic genie or vending machine. I just think that's perverted and, and it's wrong. But, but, the, but the truth is... Any area of your life you put God first in, He takes full responsibility for that area of your life. And, and it's like whenever I give, I, just a few minutes ago, and offering came by, and I, and I get, it's, it's like I give, and when I do, it's like I trust you, God. And I, it's like, God, I trust that you're going to, you provided this to me, I'm going to keep on, I'm going to keep on saying thank you, and saying thank you, and saying thank you. I'm not trying to buy God, what could I ever pay to, to receive all the good things God's given to me? Nothing. But, but, but whenever I follow what God says, like our family, when, with the tithe, whenever I follow and say, okay, God, whatever you give me, I'm going to be, fa- I'm going to give back to you what you've given to me. There's a peace that comes in my finances like no, not, none other. Why? Because I feel like I'm putting God in control of it. And, and, and I'm, I'm putting God in first place. And you do that in your marriage. You do that in your business. You, let your whole life be an experiment. And how can I put God first in every area? Not just coming to church one day a week. That's great. But, but that's not... That, that, that's not the whole life like how can I put God first on Monday morning how can I put God first in my career in my business in my education how can I put God first in every area of my life because when you do that you'll start getting some clarity you won't just get an explanation this is what we always want God just give me an explanation while I'm going through what I'm going through you don't just get an explanation you'll start getting a revelation of the goodness of God in church can I tell you a revelation is a lot better than an explanation because when you get if you just want explanations there's going to be a new problem every single day that you live and you have to live your life trying to figure everything out but if you get a revelation of the goodness of God you can say like Job though he slay me yet will I trust in him in other words no matter what is happening in my life I know that my God is good and I know that my God's going to provide for me and I don't have to worry and be afraid anymore 
So he says, I don't have to worry about a thing. He, he goes on to say, he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. God provides rest for my life. That, that, the, the, the biblical principle for this is the principle of the Sabbath. This is from the very beginning. It says that God on the seventh day rested after he had created everything else. In other words, God became our example that we are not supposed to just be a human doing. We're supposed to be a human being. That a day a week, and I, I commend you for taking time on this day, on Sunday, to, to Sabbath, to put God first, to, to come with your family and to, to hold hands and to lift up hands to God and, and say, we're putting God first. I, you, you could be working right now. You could be trying to provide for yourself right now. But if I could just encourage you, God can do more in your life with less if you'll allow Him to help you to rest. Sp spend this day not just at breakneck speed, but if today's your Sabbath, spend this day with your family. Spend this day with the Lord. Spend this day on a walk. Take the blessings that God's put in your life and hold them tight and close. And thank your God for what He's done for you because He wants to refresh your soul. He also goes on to deal with what we, what we deal with as well in Psalm 23. He says, He refreshes my soul. And watch this. He guides me along the right path. Has anybody ever wondered, am I going, like am I doing the right thing? Like, left or right, God, like, what am I supposed to do? And, and essentially what David's saying is that when I'm following after the shepherd, I don't have to live my life worrying that I've always taken the wrong path, but I can trust that he's going to guide me and lead me. We do this all the time when we have meetings here at church. We, we, we plan and we do things and we plan out services. But I always say, God, if there's ever anything else you want us to do, we are open and available to follow you. Our plan and our system takes backseat to your spirit and your leading in my life, in this church's life, in this service, and all of us. Why? Because God's going to lead us on the right path if we'll just allow him to. If we'll wake up every day and say, God, lead me today. I want to tell you, he will. It's about the simplest message ever, right? But we're sheep. We're sheep. Let's be honest, we're not that smart. We're not that in control. We're not as in control as we think we are. I put this in my notes. Control is an illusion, isn't it? I mean, think about it. What in your life are you really in control of? Really? Your health, really? I've known people in my own family with one heart attack and incredibly healthy people this health and you're, you're not in control of your health financially none of us are in control safety i mean are we really in control you know what why don't we just go ahead and turn over control to the one who really is in control of it all you say well i thought i was going to come and get encouraged today at church right but the truth is he's a better shepherd than we are here's the second thing what Psalm 23 shows us is in the midst of chaos find communion in the midst of chaos find communion in other words I, I love I, let's read it together so 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 good from Psalm 23 one yeah yeah here we go verse 4 even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil maybe you're walking through a dark valley right now if you're not you will be someday says, I will fear no evil. In other words, I don't have anxiety. I'm not living in fear. Why? Because you are with me. In other words, God's presence 
is there even in the chaos. The chaos does not mean that God's not there. The presence of chaos does not mean that the presence of God is not right there. But rather, God wants to give you communion in the middle of the chaos of your life. Are you walking through a deep valley? Don't let that be the thing that keeps you out of God's presence. Let that be the thing that causes you to go more into God's presence than ever before. Watch verse 5. You prepare a table before me where? Right in the presence of all my enemies. So in the middle of the chaos, let's find communion with God. See, God's not surprised by the chaos in our lives. He, we're sheep. I'm sure sheep are terrified of like storms. I mean, they don't understand the, all everything going around them. They're, they don't know. They don't have the same intellect as the shepherd does, and neither do we. So the shepherd's not confused that we're, that, uh, that we're surrounded by chaos. He knows what we're going through. But in the middle of the chaos, God wants to give us peace. In the middle of the chaos, God wants to help us with his presence. So I want to challenge us this week to spend some time in personal communion with God. When's the last time in your life that you heard a personal word from God? Not, not a sermon on a Sunday, and that's great, or on a Saturday, or, 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 or a podcast. That's one. When's the last time God's word spoke to you? Because God wants to speak to you. He doesn't just want to w work through preachers and teachers. You have direct access to the God of heaven yourself, and he wants to speak to your life. Just before this service, I was talking to a friend of mine that's in here, and, and, and they were saying, God's, man, God's, God's leading me, and God's guiding me. He's telling me, to, and I don't know. And, and I thought, praise, like that's what it's all about. It's about living a life following the shepherd. And, and it's about that tension of saying, God, what are you leading me to do? In that, we find the deepest communion with God. That it, be, it ceases to become a religion that we experience on a that we come to and go to on a Sunday, and it becomes a life giving, life changing relationship with God. I want to I want to give you what this looks like and just some practical things that we can take. How do we have communion with God? Reading God's word, spending time reading God's word. That we can't be impacted by that which we don't know. Spend time reading his word. Surrendering to the Holy Spirit every day. In other words, every day saying, lead me. Every day, guide me, Holy Spirit. Giving thanks in everything. Praying over worry and community. When we go through things, a lot of times our tendency is just to disconnect from community. Disconnect from church. Disconnect from small groups. I want to encourage you, if you're going through anxiety, fear, one of the greatest ways you can continue to grow and have communion with God is to have communion with God's people. Like, spend time in His presence. Spend time allowing God's people to love on you and care for you. One of the things that is is uh, been a tool that I've been using for, man, I don't know, probably seven or eight years now, is a daily, a, something that is my daily goal in, in just my walk with God. It's called SOAP. Maybe you think, well, I'm glad he uses soap. It's not the kind of soap that you think. I just want to give you this practical tool. Um, because a lot, of, a lot of people, I feel like a conversation I have often is people are like, well, how do you hear the voice of God? Like, what does that mean? Sounds weird. Sounds spooky. Sounds like, um, you know, I, I saw weird people do that one time, and I don't want to be a weird person. And I, I, I want to show you a simple way that just on a daily basis where I— 
It helps me to hear God's voice for myself. And, and the goal is to every day, God, speak to me a word that I can walk out because I'm a sheep. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I can't do this on my own. And this doesn't matter if you're a teenager or if you're, if, if you're, if you're older, if you're younger. This is how um, has been such a blessing to me just to, to follow after. And so, so, here it is. Simple acronym that just stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. So what this looks like for me is whenever I open up to, to read the Word, maybe it's five minutes or maybe it's just in my car or, or whatever kind of the day looks like for me. Sometimes I get a chance to read more and read, read a kind of a reading plan. But whatever I do, I, I'm saying, Lord, I'm not just trying to read the Bible just to check off a box and tell people I read the Bible. God, I want the Bible to read me. Big difference. And in the middle of that, I, I, I read what I have to read, and I always say, Holy Spirit, what is the word? Like, what are you illuminating? What's the one scripture that you're illuminating to me from what I read today? And I take that scripture and just write that scripture down. And I, I write it out, and that becomes my, my word for the day. And then I write a simple observation about that, just what that meant to me or what that, why that stood out to me. It could just simply be a, a sentence or two sentences. And then after that, I'll write an application about it. Because of that, because of that word, here's what I'm going to do today because of the word that God gave to me from his word. And then lastly, I pray or just write down a prayer or pray. And, and what I found is that it's amazing how when I take time to try to say, God, I'm not just interested in getting through a Bible reading plan, but God, I want you to speak to me, shepherd, You'll be amazed at the very word that God gives you when, you when you seek after Him will be exactly what you need when you're walking through life or dealing with situations at work or in your own head, in your own mind. And the shepherd will speak to you if you'll take time just to listen. And this is just one way. If you want more information or want to go a little bit deeper, uh, at our website, just cityhills.com, we have a page, just One Year Bible, or, or you can access it from the homepage. And if you, this is something that you say, okay, this is what I need. I need to hear the voice of the shepherd. Every single day, this website is updated with a simple devotional you can read and scriptures you can read. And then there's sermons, messages to help you further expand what I just described in just a few seconds about how to hear the voice of God. Church, I want us to be a group of people that hear the voice of the shepherd, that allow God to speak to us because he's a good shepherd that wants to lead us and guide us. But we can't get out of our anxiety and fear if we don't let the shepherd lead us. And we can't let the shepherd lead us if we don't hear his voice. And he wants to speak to us. It's like in this place, there's all kinds of radio waves and satellite uh, communication happening in all of our phones. But, 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 but this receiver is, is what makes all the difference and can pick it up. And I believe when we open up our hearts, our hearts become a receiver. And when we say, God, speak to me from your word, he will speak to us every single time. Musicians, you could come. Here's the third thing that Psalm 23 teaches us, that in a world of competition, receive calling. I love this. He says this in, in verse 5. It says, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. I said it earlier, but sheep will get these things in their head that will drive them crazy, and they'll, they'll hurt themselves. And, you know, we too will get thoughts in our minds that will cause us to miss our purpose and destiny and hurt, hurt ourselves. 
And David said, You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. So the anointing of God comes down over our minds and guards our thoughts so that nothing gets in our brain that causes us to hurt ourselves and to hurt the plan and the path that the shepherd had for our lives. I think this verse has a second meaning as well because of David's life. And David, um, the king, is the one who wrote this psalm. 1 Samuel chapter 18, whenever he was being... Um, and he was selected to be king by the prophet Samuel. Samuel was told by God that the king was going to be from the house of Jesse. So Samuel goes to Jesse's house and says, Hey, one of your boys is going to be the king. Bring them all in here. And he lines up seven sons and goes to the oldest and says, Hey, it's got to be this guy. And the Lord says, No, it's not this guy. You look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And he goes down the line, not you, not you, not you, not you, not you. And Samuel's confused. He's like, God told me to come to your house. And he asked the funniest question in the Bible. You got any more kids? I, I know you've probably forgot a lot of things, but you probably hadn't forgot your kid, like one of your kids. Like, oh yeah, I got another one. But I don't think it's that Jesse forgot David as much as it was as that it was purposeful, that David um, was an outcast. David was not seen as as important as his brothers were. And I love what Samuel says. Samuel says, okay, we're not going to sit down until you go get David. And he goes, and David is called from the field. The shepherd called from the field. And he comes in the house of his father and all of his brothers are standing around, which I'm sure he felt like he was less than. He felt like he didn't measure up. He was the youngest and he, he wasn't seen as important as, as everyone else around him. And right in the presence of all his brothers, the Lord speaks to Samuel and says, he's the one to anoint. Samuel takes his, his horn of oil and he pours it over the head of David. And David writes the psalm, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows it's as if he was saying in the middle of everyone else I didn't feel like I measured up I didn't feel like I had all the answers I didn't feel like I was as important as my brothers but whenever I got in the presence of God I realized he had a personal anointing he had a personal calling just for my life so many times we live our lives wanting to be someone else or have what someone else has or copy out someone else's life or anointing. I want to tell you, God doesn't want to bless a copy. He wants to bless the real thing. He wants to bless you. You have a calling. You have a purpose. You have a reason God's put you in your world with just your talents and your gifts and your passion and your calling. Why? Because He has an anointing on your life. And it sets you free to say, I don't have to compete with anybody. I am the best Brandon Shanks on planet Earth. Like, there's not another one better than me. I'm not as good a Todd Gross as Todd Gross is. Why? Because I'd be copying him. But whenever I'm operating in who I am, I don't have to compete with anybody. And you don't have to compete with anybody. You can walk into your world and you would say like David said, watch what he says, Surely, 
goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I pray today somebody gets some confidence that you're following after the shepherd. It's going to be all right. Stop comparing yourself with your neighbor, your cousins, your friends, your co-workers, the person across the road. Stop comparing yourself with everyone else and say, Shepherd, lead me. Shepherd, guide me. And he'll lead you to a good place today. In Jesus' name. Let's pray this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, the song echoes in my mind. We're going to build our lives on your love, on your word. It's a firm foundation for us. It's a firm foundation. Lord, I pray specifically for those who are in the middle of anxiety. They don't feel like they're enough. They feel like what they're doing is not valuable. They feel like their best days are behind them, that their greatest calling is in the rearview mirror. Lord, I pray today that there would be hope that would be given into the heart. Oh, shepherd, would you speak to our ears? Lord, I pray that you would take away, Lord, the things that have been caught causing us to believe the wrong thing, to believe the lie of the enemy, that our best days are ahead, Lord, that you have a purpose for our life. Lord, help us to hear those words. Help us to trust you, God. Lord, we thank you that you're a good shepherd providing for us, protecting us, leading us, and guiding us. You're a good father. You're a good shepherd, and we thank you. If you're here today and you need to give your life to that shepherd, maybe you say, Brandon, I need to, I've been far away. I've been, maybe you've been running from the shepherd for a while and you've just been doing religious things or just been a, going through the motions. And you say, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to give up control of my life and I'm ready to put it in the hands of my shepherd. I'm ready to, this week, I'm going to, I want to hear his voice. I want to follow what he says that's you today I want to pray with you simple prayer of a fresh start of a surrender today just pray with me say Jesus I need you you're the only one that can save me so right now would you save me tired of living my own way I want to give my life to you I don't want to play games anymore Lord, I don't want to try to be half in and half out. God, I want to be all in with you. I want to follow you with all of my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my shepherd. Lord, both now and forever, I give my life to you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church, can we just give God a hand clap of praise?